Welcome to the Morning Ritual Podcast, meditations and conversations to set the tone for your day. I'm your host, Lily Balch, and today we have Kara Ladd on the podcast. So Kara and I got introduced by a mutual friend, and our first conversation, it was like, whoa, worlds colliding, worlds aligning. I'm so inspired by the work that Kara's doing, and I just think, um, yeah, I'm so excited to dive into conversation, get to know Kara a bit more, and yeah, warm, warm welcome to you, Kara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to start my day like this and just connect further. Mm, and how are you doing today? I'm good. It has been such a whirlwind of the start of a year. And I know you feel the same with the opening of your new studio, but juggling just so many exciting things right now. So I have to keep on reminding myself each and every day to kind of like ground into my rituals and my routines to like keep me embodied as I kind of flow and grow through all of these transitions right now. But I'm feeling really good. Yes, flow and grow through the transitions. I love that. And the term embodied and and staying grounded with your rituals. I mean, it's what we're all about here. So I want to get into that in a moment. But before we dive into that, could you just ground us, the listener and I, in your story and so we can just get to know you a bit more. Yeah. So I'm currently based in Brooklyn, New York, but I hail from the Midwest, had fairly like normal, like modest upbringing, but always felt this pull to fashion and style and kind of the urban epicenters of the world. And so I started my career in fashion editorial and fashion magazines. I kind of grew up in fashion closets. I interned for Cosmo and Italian Vogue, and I feel like I really started to hone this editorial eye at a really young age. I moved to New York when I was 17 and started spending a lot of summers here, and I feel like that really molded quite early just my eye and my energy and just like reaffirmed that New York is kind of the place for me. I don't know if you're familiar with astrogeography, but my um, Venus line and my like Mars line. So my power and my love line runs like through New York. So I just feel alive here. And I feel like I felt that the moment I got here. And so I started my career in fashion and I ended up actually spending some time in London. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Studied with, yeah, Condé Nast and Vogue UK for a period of time and continued on the fashion track, but pivoted into sustainable fashion consulting um, in New York City. Spent a couple years doing that and kind of going to all the fashion weeks and still in that like kind of glitz and glam. I don't want to say ego forward scene, but I feel like for me, that was, I was so young and I think I was kind of pushing outside of like my sole purpose and like, wasn't really centered at that time. Like I was moving so, so quick that I wasn't really connected to who I was and like who, who I was at the core and like what I wanted to grow into. And that caught up to me. And my world came to a screeching halt in 2016, when at that time I was working at Hearst Digital Media and I was their partnerships editor, writing for all 28 of their digital publications. And 
my world came to a screeching halt when I found a lump behind my left knee. And I was 24 at that time. So I was like, oh, it's a soft nerval tumor um, or like, you know, benign nerval tumor or something like that or a cyst. And coincidentally, I had a physical a few weeks later, who which like what 24 year old like schedules proactively schedules a physical. Um, but after a handful of doctor appointments and an MRI, it came back 99.9% benign. And I was like, okay, it's still kind of interfering with my day to day. It was like bugging me. I couldn't, I was going to spin very often, like living that like hustle girl ball, girl boss life in New York city, like waking up at 6am and like going to spin and like kind of partying all night, definitely burning the candle at both ends. But uh, it was interfering with my day to day. And so I ended up speaking with a surgeon who also told me he could keep this, this benign nerval tumor in my leg. And I had a full blown like intuition initiation in that moment. And it was just like, my body kind of was screaming at me to listen and like speak up and be an advocate and say, no, I really want this out of my leg. And lo and behold, after we went through the surgery, I was diagnosed with an incredibly rare one in a million cancer called synovial sarcoma. And it was obviously such a traumatic out of body, out of body experience. I mean, I feel like my soul literally lifted from my being for like two weeks and then I was slammed back into my reality on my first day of chemo. And I journeyed through six months of treatment. I had five rounds of chemotherapy, 36 rounds of radiation, and two limb-saving surgeries. And, you know, I talk about this as a huge part of my story because obviously it was so dark and traumatic, but it brought so much light and woke me up in so many ways. And it really put me onto this conscious heart forward, soul centered life. You know, I was introduced to Reiki and different holistic healers. And I started to adopt this new lens for living. Like I was moving so fast in the world of fashion and in life overall, you know, I really started to ask myself very simple, but incredibly profound questions like who I, who I am, like, who am I surrounding myself with? Like, are these relationships actually aligned and fulfilling me? And I think so many of us move so quickly through life without asking us these, these questions. And so it was really such a divine forced pause where I was like, whoa, you know, like, am I actually living the life that I want? And from that point, moving forward, I changed everything. I really like was a Phoenix rising embodied Phoenix rising. And over, you know, the coming five years, I just kind of stripped away relationships that were no longer aligned, um, love and friendships and pivoted my career to running a conscious marketing consultancy, which I still run today and have launched a podcast and a Substack, and now facilitate soul-led leadership workshops for different corporations and um, conscious-led businesses. So I've really embodied this yeah, this, I, I feel like my purest, fullest, most authentic expression 
which of course is like ever evolving and ever growing, but it's been such a wild journey because I, it almost feels like I have two lives, like Mm -hmm. the before cancer and after, and it's like, my story almost begins for me when I was diagnosed. Like, I feel like I just have this, this whole lens, new lens of living. Mm. That's a really, yeah, that's what brought me to where I am today. Wow. Wow. And for you to have that intuitive sense of, okay, no, something's not right here. And to listen to that is incredible. And for everything that you've been through, I mean, I, as you mentioned, well, we're streaming from the yoga studio. I opened up the studio a week ago and I've been taking all the classes from all the teachers. And then earlier, just before this call, I took a yoga practice and the teacher her name is Ashka. She's all about embodiment and uses yoga mm. practice to explore what embodiment is. And afterwards, there was a um, a woman who just got her teacher training certification. And she asked us, mm. like, what makes um, a good teacher, a great teacher versus a good teacher? Like, what's the, what's the difference when it comes to we're talking like mm. yoga teaching? And fast forward, I wish we could replay the whole conversation, but we don't have time um, to this term embodiment. And that when a teacher is really feeling, embodying what they're saying, it comes across as authentic, um, clear, really present. And we got onto this conversation of what is the process of embodiment? And there's sort of a three-step process. And the first is like, as we grow up and we're learned and conditioned, what is right, what is wrong? And then as we continue, we eventually learn, hopefully, like wisdom and what is you know embodiment. But a lot of people skip this in-between part because the in-between part is the crashing, is the falling. Mm. is the breaking down, is the making mistakes, is the um, really like the no mud, no lotus, like it's the mud. And a lot of people naturally want to skip that part because it's uncomfortable. And for you, you were forced Mm -hmm. into that. And so there's no option, but lotus at the end, embodiment at the end. And so when you said that, it made me think, ah, that that was Kara's phase two, that you were really right in the deep end. And now you can speak from such an embodied, experienced, authentic place from that. Um, and that's just like what I, the little that I do know of you and what I'm sensing from you is so uh, powerful. That is such a superpower. Um, and I'm curious, like the work that you do to bring more like I think on your your um, website it says connecting modern mindfulness to the masses and working as a consultant to bring mindfulness into maybe the workplace can you can you elaborate more on what you're bringing in that consultant setting Mm -hmm. yes but first I have to honor what you just said because I feel like it's so important because you really highlighted that embodiment is a journey. And I think right now, <clears throat> excuse me, right now, 
well, there's so much medicine in the messiness. And you're saying so many people forego or bypass that. And I think that's really important to highlight because I feel like spiritual escapism is kind of at the core, not kind of, it is at the core of my work right now. Because I'm witnessing so many people over the past five years really escaping their bodies and tethering to these rituals, to these routines, to these healers, to these masters, and really not tuning into their power within. And although I journeyed through, I was forced to kind of be embodied in that state. I think I still actually journeyed through a bypassing and escapist journey as well. Um, which I can I can highlight and dive deeper into later. But I just want to highlight that being patient and really like resacreding the healing process is so important. Like there is no rush. And when you really slow down and move through your life with intention and connect wholeheartedly with the work that you're putting out into your world, into the world, to your routines, to your practice, that is where true healing and true growth and embodiment is found. It's, it can get very messy because obviously that's where the shit comes up, right? When you like really connect intentionally to all your routines and like all of these practices that really opens up your body for things to unearth. But I feel like a lot of people are tethered to the transcendence right now. And so I think it's really important to just highlight, to honor each and every stage of the journey. And if you're in the thick of it, if you're in the mud, feel it and be in it and, and know that th that phase is temporary and you're going to get through it and you're going to get to the other side, but don't just try to bypass it and with like affirmations and through toxic positivity. Hmm. Yeah. You got to feel to heal, be in it, slow it down. Amen. And to your point, not rush. And I, yes. um, that's been my biggest learning in the past couple of years. I'm wanting to rush through things uh, just out of excitement and sometimes out of fear. And when I slow down and feel into what's going on for me and like last week's um episode we did a meditation and it's just meeting yourself where you're at um mm. that is now the only way I can do it because otherwise yeah. I'm burnt out I'm exhausted I'm not as grounded in my authentic self so I think the fact that right. you're helping other people tap into their personal power and then bring that into their work is so important yeah, like there's so much magic that lies within our present orbit. And I feel like we're conditioned right now in society to reach and cling and work so hard and actually extend outside of our bodies when actually the version that you're trying to body embody and the, the version that you're seeking is within. So how can you actually unlock that, that soul power, that boundless power within you and reclaim that, not outsource mm -hmm. that? think that's like so important and that ah yes I'm uh, for, if you're just listening to the audio and not watching the video I'm holding up Rick Rubin's creative act a way of being and mm -hmm. I actually only just started reading it I'm maybe a quarter in the way but um Reese I follow Kara's Substack love it facing forward get on it mm -hmm. already um and I saw <laughs> that Kara did a whole post about tapping into creativity and source energy and she pulled this quote 
from the book, which I'm going to read. Um, there's actually two quotes I'm going to read. Um, first, we are all participating in a larger creative act. We are not conducting. We are being conducted. When we take notice of the cycles, this is a separate quote, when we take notice of the cycles of the planet and choose to live in accordance with its seasons, something remarkable happens. We become connected. And we may then tap into this all-powerful propagating force and ride its creative wave. So in my experience, when I actually tap into this universal source energy, which sounds at first so woo-woo and crazy, and I remember the first time I said source energy, I was like, what do I know what I'm talking about? And now I get it. And if you're listening and you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about, then then yes, you know. And if you're like, that still sounds woo-woo, that's okay too. We're all like finding our words for our experiences here. But um, when you tap into that, you just automatically transcend the ego self. Like what kind of Kara was talking about earlier, that sort of the fashion world, what her experience was, very ego um, forward. And now it, 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 you go beyond that, you tap inwards, but then you tap into something so much larger. And whenever I work from that place, it feels effortless. It feels like abundant, like I have energy and like I'm being supported. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. Kara, if you've experienced that or how um, you help people tap into that source that's beyond them but also in them mm -hmm. I love this question and it goes back to answer your initial question about how I run my conscious marketing consultancy which I feel like a big part of my mission alongside connecting modern mindfulness to the masses is breaking the binary between soul and strategy between spirituality and business. For me, they have always been so inevitably intertwined. Like my a tagline, I'm a storyteller. I'm like a strategist and a, a, like my zone of genius is messaging. So I feel like my tagline is self and brand growth to embody your best self. And those two things are inevitably intertwined. I work a lot with soul-led entrepreneurs who are trying to build their businesses. And when I have these like, journeys with them working through these projects of building their brands half the time it's actually working on themselves and really crystallizing their core why i feel like a lot of people in in their business are so um connected to the what they are doing which is the guide right it's like where you're going but if you don't have that why you have no power you have nothing that is going to sustainably keep you going and that's when you spin out and that's when you burn out. And so first, when you connect to your why, which I, I have these um, brand messaging blueprints, which I call why guides, which is connecting to the core why of your business and the core why of why you are doing this. What is the impact? What is the legacy that you want to leave into the world? And I have like a series of introspective visualizations and different journal prompts and questionnaires that we that we move through to build this out. But that really has been also at the core of my conscious marketing consultancy and what I've built around is really crystallizing that why. Because when you're connected to your why, then you're connected to your truth. 
your your core purpose. And when you are connected to that, that's you're connected to source, right? And I think there's so, I mean, there's so many different pathways that I work with different soul-led leaders and entrepreneurs and brands to get to that place. And you mentioned my cosmic creativity post on growing forward. And I mean, these are so fun. I actually am doing this virtual, uh, this virtual coaching project with a digital marketing agency where I'm on their Slack. And I just, every single week I drop in different energetic resources and different, um, planetary alignments in the now. So people can be aware of them because I feel like there's so much, there's so much Intel and so much awareness, like so much magic to be had, like in those just like planetary alignments that reaffirm the path that you're on. So for example, these are external tools that are just like, they're tools, not rules, you know, but there for each day of the week, there are different planetary coordinates, like coordinations. Um, so Monday is a moon day. And so I actually align my schedule to different, the planetary alignments of oh, the week. Oh my gosh. I love this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Tuesday, I don't know Tuesday. You haven't gotten to Tuesday yet, but it's my favorite day of the week. And I don't know why. Can you oh, interesting. What Tuesday is about? Yeah. So, well, we can go through, let me actually pull up one moment. Let me actually pull up my uh, cosmic creativity post Ooh, real quick. So Cause I love working with the cycles, the site, my personal cycle, my menstrual cycle, um, the cycles, the seasons. So if I could get the cycle of the week. Hmm. Yes. So, so Monday is your moon day. And I actually, and it's so interesting because before I actually was aligning my days with these planetary alignments, I was actually already fully aligned. Like Monday was my admin day, my legal day, Mars is Tuesday. So it's your power day. So that's probably when you're just tuning into your flow, honestly, and what is really igniting your, your power overall. Wednesday is Mercury. So that's actually when I, um, that's when I work on a lot of content. That's like my writing day. Tuesday, I have client call days. So it's like when I'm more in flow with my consulting work or the retail concept that I mentioned that I'm working on, um, that makes perfect sense that you're just feeling like very dynamic and powerful in that moment. Wednesday, um, Mercury, Thursday, Jupiter. So it's like a great day for luck and expansion. I also do calls on that days. Maybe it's a great day to like sign a contract. Friday is Venus day, all about love and just like the juicy pleasures. Like everyone talks about romanticizing life. Like that is what Friday is all about, which is like what we're societally programmed to think as well, which is interesting. Um, and that I leave that day open for miscellaneous work, tying up loose, end, loose ends, but also like getting out into the world as well. Saturday is Saturn. Um, so that's actually like a day filled with energetic, like discipline and growth. Um, so it's not really about, a, but when you tap into that discipline and growth, that's really where you find freedom. I feel like when you commit to your, your routines or when you commit to even play, 
like that's when you can find more freedom. So that's kind of, it's a different way to look at it. And then Sunday is the sun. So it's all about like self-expression and recharging. Um, But there's so many different systems and cycles that you can tap into and just learn about. And I mean, just think about like your menstrual cycle being a woman. I think that this is like very, uh, very trendy right now. But when you actually find awareness for when you're ovulating, you do feel more expansive, more energetic, more, more powerful. I feel like your, your energy is amplified in that state. I feel like my aura like takes up like a whole room when I'm like ovulating. And these are just (laughs) like, (laughs) it's, it's incredible, but these are all like cycles are always around us and also within us the moon cycles. And so I feel like when you're able to tune into the natural cycles outside and within us, that's when you're living in flow with source and you don't have to like, like completely convert your entire routine. That's again, like outsourcing your power a little bit, right? That's actually escapism and living outside of your body, but you're really tuning in to what's working for you in the here and now. Like, I don't think just like every single self-discovery system isn't going to resonate with you. It's really about looking at all of this intel through the lens of awe and wonder and seeing what resonates with you. So you integrate it and then you can easily embody it over time. Mm -hmm. So I think just finding awareness for for all of these different systems is so fascinating to me. And this is what I I teach a lot in, in my one-on-one mentorship and in my workshops. Um, and it's something that I integrate within the brands, the brands that I build, you know, launching on, on new moons and staying, um, like staying away from like launching during eclipse season. I definitely have a lot of like astro alignments, but you still have to move through life. You can't like stay still through retrogrades, right? Like you have to continue to move through life and um, just like take all of these little pieces of esoteric intel into account. And like, that's how you find like, and live through life with levity, in my opinion. It's like, we we always are so hard on ourselves and like have so much force. And I think one thing I love about spirituality within business is you find the levity within it all. Hmm. And I like what you said before, once again, like they're tools, not rules. We can try them all on for size, see what resonates. In my experience, a lot of these systems are saying the same thing in different ways. So it's, um, yeah. And, and one of my really good friends, um, we use that. We don't say levity, but we say we, we hold it with lightness and spirituality allows me like these practices, my rituals, meditation, yoga, these types of conversations bring a perspective that allows me to hold all of this with levity, with lightness. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, there was something I wanted to go back to um, with you, what you said. I'm losing track, but what I would like to learn more of, oh, I remember, I remember came back. So you said, um, within your work with clients, knowing the why Mm. such an important part of the work and really delving into that why. And I completely agree. And you've just reminded me to come back 
to my why. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if there is like in this moment um, for the listeners and for myself, is there um, a question that you oftentimes ask your clients um, to ask themselves? And of course, why? But is there another question that might help um, tap into, yeah, working with a very like holistic, grounded, authentic um, mindset? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the reasons why I love meditation is because I feel like it stretches time. So many of us, me included, wish that we had more time in the day. We can feel like we don't have enough time to do all the things we want to do. And one of the best ways to manage our time is to get super clear on what's truly important and make that a priority. I've found therapy to be a super helpful way to define my values and set boundaries. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient, and you get matched with a therapist to meet your specific wants and needs. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash morning ritual to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash morning ritual. The morning ritual is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meals make eating healthier so much easier. These meals are chef-made, they're dietitian approved and delivered right to your door. With Factor, you have over 35 different options a week to choose from. There's no prep, there's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Just head to factormeals.com TMR50 and use code TMR50 to get 50% off. That's code TMR50 at factormeals.com slash TMR50 to get 50% off. The Morning Ritual is sponsored by Recess Mood. One healthier alternative to alcohol after a stressful day is Recess Mood. So Recess Mood is a sparkling water and it's infused with functional ingredients like magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Podcast listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash TMR. Recess Mood is made with real fruit, and it comes in four delicious flavors, like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. With only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's a guilt-free way to unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash TMR and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I can get, you can get so caught up in like all of these, the systemization almost of like spirituality and coming back to these very, very practical and simple questions are so important. I have a series of journal prompts that I typically work through with clients. A handful of them are, well, what are you passionate about? 
what are other people mirroring back to you? Hmm. Because often we are clouded in our own self-judgment and spiraling in our own limiting beliefs that we all, we typically um, protect ourselves from really hearing what the universe is telling you. So I feel like people always like, what are people, what compliments are people, um, are people giving you? What is the universe sending your way that you're holding, you know, arm's length and you're like, oh, no, 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 you're resisting right? You're resisting it, but it's like, what is the universe trying to show you and give you? I think that is something to like really be attuned to. Um, Like what is frustrating you can be like a really good guide to your why or what maybe you can do with a little bit to support the world with more impact and with more purpose. Um, Those are a handful of the questions, but a good, a good ritual that I did right before I jumped ship from Hearst Digital Media and started my own conscious marketing consultancy is called the Light Up List. And I held this little notebook in, in my purse and I would just write down each and everything that was lighting my soul on fire, whether it was a song whether it was a conversation, whether it was a moment where I saw light help hit a building in a very unique and just beautiful way. It was, you know, walking down a certain street, traveling somewhere. It doesn't, it was like this mashup of the micro and macro moments that were just sparking joy in my life. And I feel like over time, I started to gain awareness of how much I was attracted and connected to soul and spirituality, but also the, the intersection of spirituality and strategy. And that really laid such a solid foundation and helped me get very clear on my why moving forward. And so I feel like it's these like little practices that help us get clear that can be so powerful. The light up list, these different journal prompts. I know that was like not one question because it's like such a series of questions, but I think when you when you connect with what is lighting you up, you're connecting with source. Like that is that is that is like divine source at play. That's like divine the divine's expression within you. Like that fizzy feeling within you, that spark within you, that ignition, whether it's like literally smelling something on the street. You know, it's these little moments of awe and wonder that put us into this state of expansion that connect us more to the world around us and connect us deeper to within. So there's so many different practices that I can, that I can run through, but those are just a handful of them. Mm, I love that practice. And it gets, yeah, your brain thinking of even when you were just talking, I was thinking of the things that have lit me up recently. What are the things and recognizing them and mm-hmm. remembering them, writing them down. I love that so that you can invite more of that into your life, more awe, more wonder, more curiosity, more joy, more light, more aliveness. Like, oh, it's so helpful. And I'm going to take that. Yeah. I feel like we can, when people are like, what is your why? 
or what is your purpose? That's a very like heavy and robust question. So how can we drill it down a little bit more and connect with more of that levity for us to understand like what actually we are gravitating towards and what is, I feel like those little moments can help us understand what our zone of genius is. And when you really unlock that, that's when you become so empowered and so confident and you realize that there's really no one like you on this planet, right? It's kind of like you're moving through life with, with blinders to a certain extent. And you're really like tuning into your own subtle body and the world around you. I think that's like having blinders has been like one of the most important little tips that I've received over the years. Mm. And so can I ask that hard hitting question for you? What is your why? Mm. I mean, my why is to awaken the world. I want people to connect with that awe and that wonder through each and everything that we do. You know, spirituality isn't always found on a meditation cushion or at an ayahuasca retreat or, you know, in a yoga studio, although these are very beautiful conduits and catalysts for that. My work is to, my mission is to connect modern mindfulness. My why is to awaken the world. But by connecting mindfulness and spirituality to sipping a cup of coffee, to a walk outside, to a conversation that you're having with a friend, it's interwoven within the tapestry of our life. Like that is what I want to help people understand and embody. So they're not always tethering to these systems that I actually teach, but actually just living and leading from that place of, of soul. Mm. They're living in, in full synchronicity with source. From, oh, I think it was Elena Brower who we both have had on our podcasts. Um, love her. Mm-hmm. She, every she's time so I, wise. She's so wise. And I used to do um, mentoring with her. In every session, she would ask the same question in a really light, lovely way. She'd be like, okay, so what did you learn today? What did you learn today? What did you learn um, in the past five minutes? What did you learn? And she's like, if you ask yourself that question, what did I learn today? Or, or, or what am I learning? Um, if you get in the habit of asking yourself that question, a lot can come from it. Um, and Staying curious. Lot- yeah, stay curious. And there's a lot to learn in any moment. There's like, like you said, if you're just open to what the heck is the universe trying to show me? If you actually ask that universe, what are you trying to tell me? And you actually open to it. Mm-hmm. And almost that same question, what am I meant to be learning right now? It'll be shown. It'll be shown to you. Um, and that's such a beautiful lesson to, a lesson to sit in empowered state of receiving rather consistently reaching and consuming. It's like, how can I still be obviously driven and moving forward in my day to day, but how can I really sit and and receive and and approach approach my day to day through that lens of curiosity? Like I, I feel like, yeah, there's so much there's so much wisdom there. And it, and it really reminds me of, of the lesson of just the forever student, being the forever student. You know, if, whenever I work with a teacher that thinks they 
are a guru and kind of like know it all. It's like kind of a fair warning for me to like probably step away. Mm. But it's like spirituality is this ever evolving journey of of growth and and learning and learning. It's truly boundless. And I love that question. What have you learned? Because it it keeps you curious. I hope I'm consistently staying curious when I'm, you know, a hundred years old. Like hopefully I reach that. Like yeah. that's really, I feel like the magic that keeps that keeps us alive. You know, it's like there's so much magic in the mundane and just being a human being, having a spiritual experience, not just a spiritual experience in and of itself. Yeah. And I think asking that question helps me like process and digest, like to pause and ask that question helps me to actually digest what I'm learning and embody what I'm learning. Otherwise it's taking in information and who knows what's being properly processed and digest. So I love that question. I'm going to use it more in my life. And, um, Kara, can you give us, uh, I want to wrap this conversation up in a moment, but I, I am really curious about you, your favorite morning ritual. I know you have a whole bunch of rituals in your life and tools, but what is one of your go-to morning practices? So I, yeah, I have a few that are my non-negotiables, but one <clears throat> that I've been connecting to really intentionally right now. I was going to say my wonder walk, but that can be for another conversation just because we've been talking so much about awe and wonder, but in order to really integrate and embody, since that's been a theme throughout this conversation as well, it's journaling with intention. I think we can approach journaling through the lens of, okay, I I need to do this. So this is just something that I need to get done. You know, it can become a tick on the to-do list. And I really felt my inner landscape shift and me connect more when I started to really truly connect to the present moment. And when I put a pen to paper, like, what am I truly wholly grateful for right now? What am I really looking forward to? Like really taking like a sacred pause in that moment. I feel like for a couple of years, I was really like, okay, I'm grateful for like, you know, my coffee in the blue sky today. And, you know, I was kind of just like running through it quickly. And I feel like once I really dropped into my body and into this present moment and really started to not only at the, in the morning, but in the evening to like reflect, I think just like integrating more intention into that journaling practice has shifted everything for me and has really helped me gain more awareness of just how I'm moving through the world. Mm, I love that. It brings me to um, when I did my like first mindfulness teacher training, we learned this 10 finger gratitude practice. And the concept is that you literally hold up your hand and you hold one finger and give it a little squeeze and think about what you're grateful for as you're sensing into the feeling of your body. And then the next finger and you go through 10 things and there's something they've done studies around the brain of what happens when you're actually connecting to the body as you're thinking these things. So it reminds me of journaling. You're like, once again, embodied journaling. Like that is such, I've never even said that term, but it sounds like a really powerful tool 
and 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 there's also I've just learned with um neurons you know we have neurons that run from the brain to the body we have neurons that run from the body to the brain and 15% of our neurons run from our brain to our body 85% of our neurons are running from our body to our brain so we think our mind is running the show and really if you let that mind go <clears throat> excuse me and you tap into the body and feel into it and operate from it and instincts and 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 connect to that this is going to create a lot more change a lot faster because it's going to send all those signals to the mind um so it made me think of oh 10 finger gratitude and why is that such a powerful practice yeah our bodies hold so much wisdom and i think you hit the nail on the head i mean manifestation is such a buzzy trend right now as well but that's really connecting to the feeling inside of you. That's like the core of manifestation is like really wholeheartedly believing and feeling into what you want to manifest and like really gauging if that's in alignment for you as well. But yeah, when you, you just totally hit the nail on the head, like tuning into your senses all encompassingly is like, it has been massive for me in each and every ritual. I mean, you can relate that to anything in body journaling. I'm going to have to use that as well. Yes. Let's use it. Spread it. Um, <laughs> oh, Kara, it's been so amazing to chat with you. And, and before we end our conversation, could you tell our listeners the best way to find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Kara Ladd, the same on TikTok at Kara Ladd. I have a stub stack called Growing Forward for Soul-Centered Self-Growth. That's FWD colon. And then my new podcast, Facing Forward, FWD colon. Um, that's a conscious lifestyle podcast. And then you can also reach me on my site at kara-lad.com. Again, I work with soul-led leaders and I build conscious brands. Love it. And uh, one more question before we sign off. Oh yeah. Where did the name Facing Forward come from? That's such a great question. I feel like I have consistently moved through so many versions of self and so many states of reinvention. And I mentioned like this, these Phoenix rising moments, these like breakdowns to break through. And I feel like each and every time I've kind of risen, I'm like, okay, it's time to like move forward. Like, I think there's just, there's like a motivation and there's like a grit and there's a discipline to that. And so that just is a reminder for me and everyone else to keep on moving forward. And I think there's also a dual meaning FWD colon. If you feel like my intention for these conversations that I'm having on, on growing forward and on facing forward is to ignite something inside of you. So you feel compelled to forward those light filled lessons along. And that's really how you create more impact and growth is when you're really sharing your, your light, right. And what you're learning and like helping others to stay curious and stay aware. And so those are just the dual meaning behind the forward. Oh, I love it. I've used with the morning ritual, um, this phrase, like inward reflection for outward connection that we can do a lot mm -hmm. of inward reflection, but if it's not like met with outward connection and sharing and, and reciprocal sort of, uh, connections, 
then, then then why are we doing this and so for you to say yeah it's with this work and bringing it forward into the world super uh aligned in it and i really love that oh i love what you just said too just like everything can be a tuning fork right like people places and things and i think the pandemic conditioned us to like stay inside and i think we're finally starting to break free of that silo that we created for ourselves um, and that we are forced inside and like forced to understand like the magic within our household and within us. But now we're being called to really like share that magic with the world around us. And if you're feeling stuck, just getting outside, getting some like social care, there's so much awe, wonder, insight, inspiration outside when you connect with the world around you. Mm. Totally. Oh my gosh, Kara, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And thank you. You're welcome. We'll end the episode the way that we always do, which is just with a full breath in and a cleansing breath out. And have a gorgeous day. Thank you so much, Lily, for having me. That was beautiful. Mm, you're so welcome. <laughs>